up, everybody? We back. Uh, another edition of R2C2, a special um, edition for me. Um, you know, we're a day late, but it's a lot going on in the world right now. And, uh, you know, I want to get four of my closest homies, not just baseball friends, but, you know, four of the closest people that I'm, you know, that I'm close to in the world to talk about this, uh, you know, what's going on in America right now. So, uh, you know, I'm excited to have everybody on and, and uh, glad you guys were able to, you know, come on and talk about this stuff. Well, see, we have, you know, such an awesome, uh, you know, just uh, such an awesome group that you've put together today. And just to give our audience an idea, obviously, some could be watching it. Some will be listening to it. Um, but we have Prince Fielder, six-time All-Star, three-time Silver Slugger Award winner, youngest player to hit 50 home runs in a season in NL history. We have Chris Young, 2010 All-Star. He's played with the Diamondbacks, A's, Mets, of course, with the Yankees, Red Sox, Angels. Cameron Maben, who you guys have seen and heard on R2C2 many times before, a good friend of the program, 10th overall pick in 2005, a World Series champ, a Yankee last year who has uh, played with many different franchises as well. And then Edwin Jackson, a man who was born in Germany, has played for more franchises than any player in Major League history, was an All-Star in 2009, and also a World Series champ in 2011. And see, you know, right away, as we can see, you know, we have a group of guys from so many different places with such incredible and vast uh, experiences across baseball. I just want to ask you first, see, why um, why was it important to you to get this group of men together today for this podcast? It was super important to have these guys just because I knew I wouldn't just get lip service. Like I wanted to talk to some of my friends that I knew was going to give me you know, the real on how they feeling and, and, you know, raising kids in, in this climate and, you know, just, just trying to navigate <laughs> what's going on right now. You know, I want to hear some real voices. So, uh, you know, I called up the homies and, uh, you know, here we go. I'm excited. All right. Well, so, uh, Cam, let's, um, let's start with that question, right? The one that, that C just posed about how you're feeling. How are you feeling right now? Um, man, that's a great question. You know, the, the last, the last four days, honestly, uh, I, I've been finding myself not sleeping as much. Uh, I've been finding myself taking a longer look at my children when I, you know, when I when I go work out in the morning or when I go go to hit. Or, you know, I, I'm just finding myself, um, you know, really trying to figure out how I'm, you know how to have these conversations with my my oldest son, my 12 year old. Um, you know, as he watches what's going on in America. And he's trying to figure out, um, you know, why could he be judged by, you know, the way he looks, you know, uh, you know, uh, my seven-year-old, you know, uh, most of you guys know, know my kids, my seven-year-old loves everybody, you know, so to have to talk to a seven-year-old and explain that because you are black in America, you can, and it's very possible that you will be judged before you even open your mouth. Um, so it's been, uh, and I've had a lot of anxiety, man, a lot, you know, a lot of anxiety the past few days. Um, a lot of people have reached out to me. Um, a lot of people have reached out to me, asked me what they can do. Um, you know, they're, they're with us as, as far as the black community, you know, meaning the black community. Um, so I don't know how I feel, man, just trying to educate my children, um, trying to re-educate myself, honestly. I've been doing so much reading and taking notes the last few days just about, I mean, anything from our constitutional rights, um, you know, uh, just the, the history of, of police brutality just within the last seven years. 
um, and, and going on without justice. So, um, you know, that's what's been on my mind. Not also too, you know, to add one more thing that's been on my mind when C reached out to me, you know, about doing this, what's been on my mind is, you know, it's time to do this. Um, mm. Cause being, you know, I, I gotta say it, you know, being African, African American in baseball, you know, I guess I could just flat out say, I was scared to use my voice at times. Mm-hmm. You know, if I wasn't CeCe Sabathia, if I wasn't Prince Fielder, if I didn't, you know, if I wasn't that top tier guy, you know, I, I was almost afraid to, to speak up. I mean, and Colin Kaepernick is a great example of, of, of why I was afraid to speak up. Cause I have three kids to provide for, a wife to provide for. Mm. Uh, I take, you know, I, I help my parents financially. So to, to speak up, um, you know, I was like, it's time, man. It's time. Chris, what do you think about that aspect of things, about how, uh, the, you know, the culture of baseball mm. makes it harder for, uh, for a black man to share what might be on his mind and in his heart at that moment? Oh, I definitely, I mean, I definitely feel what Cameron is saying. I mean, I think in, uh, was it 2016 when, um, you know, when they first started showing the videos or whatever, and then, um, you know, I posted something, and uh, then the next day, I believe someone, you know, a, a cops got killed from somebody coming in Dallas. I forgot, you know, exactly what happened. And then, you know, the one of the people that worked there told me maybe I should take my post down because of what happened to the to the cops. I'm like, well, I understand it's it's sad, but you would. What about you know what I mean? Like, it's just why why now I got to take mine down because I was talking about who's killing people that look like me, and now it's all Blue Lives Matter. You know what I mean? I just that frustrates me a lot. And it's going around, you know, especially where I live, man, like try not to get upset, but you know what I mean? I'm real mad right now. I'm I'm upset just cause you know, people, you know, like I said, not everybody, you know, you, you feel like the one, the people who are your friends, it's like, man, I've had conversations with them and you know, like I tell them how I feel like, you know, I've been knowing these people for years. And then when it's time to like those conversations we had, when it's time to like, actually, no, it's here now. I need you to, Remember what we was talking about? It's yeah. here. And then, oh, I just pray this goes away. I'm pray like, okay, pray is cool, but we weren't praying when we were having serious conversations, you know what I mean, alone. So why, why are you sending me prayers now? I need you to talk with me just a little bit. I'm not saying, you know, <laughs> what the F, F12 or, you know, none of that. I'm not telling <laughs> you to do that. I'm just saying, man, like, you know, jeez. And, and and to add to that, like, you still feel like that goes on. You know what I'm saying? Like, in my subconscious, like, for the last, you know, few days, so to start this, like, CC sent me a text kind of talking about what's going on. So I was like, no, just hit me up. Let's just talk about it real quick. So he called me, and, like, we talked for, like, maybe 30 minutes, like, just going off, you know what I'm saying? Just going through so many emotions. You just, like, yeah, man, I had times where I feel like, we get in progress, you know, cause you're talking to those friends, like Prince is mm-hmm. talking about you. You're mm-hmm. talking to those friends and you feel like, man, I made myself available to have these awkward conversations with, with a lot of people who are my friends, you know what I'm saying? Cause a lot of times they feel like, I don't know what to say. I don't have nobody to talk to. So even as a player, like I consciously made an effort to, to be that guy to where like, I open myself up to like all those conversations. Sometimes people don't agree that I should be taking some of the stuff that people will say to me, but I'm like, but we got to, we got to talk about it. And I got to be able to talk to them about it without them feeling like I'm gonna punch them in the mouth if they say something wrong. 
Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so I would have these conversations and then like Prince was saying, like something would come after that when you feel like, now we talked about this, he's definitely going to be like on the same page. <laughs> and then like things go completely opposite. You know what I'm saying? It kind of, kind of brings you back to when I was in Boston and the last time that I like spoke out about something that was very uncomfortable at the time was like the whole White House trip after they won the World Series. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, not the fact that people had like different opinions on how they felt about the situation, but just how skewed the numbers were to where it was like not one person of either side went to the other side to where you feel like we've had all these conversations, but when push comes to shove, like both sides, you know what I'm saying? Both sides still found that found themselves like in like in a split cafeteria, Yeah, you know, to where you feel like, well, how much ground have we gained? But then you go to a protest. I, you know, I went to the protest out here in Houston with a few of my friends and it's like, that's a beautiful experience. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like you see all these people like, all with the same thing in mind. And to be honest, like people who were voicing their opinions the most weren't people of color. But I was cool with that. And they were super young. Like the first people who were talking, like it was a kid who just graduated high school. He was like, I know I'm, you know, I haven't been around that long, but I know my history and I know what's right and what's wrong. And then you see somebody else who's 22, you see somebody else who's 25, and you're like, man, this is important to these, you know, to this generation. Which which is powerful. I think that I think that that that's why this time might be different because it's not just people of color out uh, protesting and, and out you know at these rallies. It's a lot of you know it's a lot of white people and it's a lot of younger white people mm-hmm. out there you know advocating for us and that, and I think literally that's the only way it's going to change. Like they had yeah. a rally here in my home in my town and it was all high school kids. And when do mm-hmm. you ever see that? You know what I'm saying? Where they get together, organize and you know, protests about a black issue. Like, I feel like this time, you know, could be a little different, you know, just because of, you know, it's not just us in the streets this time. The thing is too, you can see the pain, bro. You can see it in the eyes when you, when you're looking in their faces. Uh, Like y'all, I went to a march too. And uh, man, the the crowd that you have, the diverse crowd that you have, and they all making a stand, like those people, they for real. Like they, they pretty much, they, they sympathizing for all for uh, African-Americans and you, you can see it. It's not, it's not fake. Uh, the words that they saying, the way they screaming, you can, you can feel that energy when you go to a protest firsthand aside from seeing it on the internet and social media. When you're there in person, you can feel it, bro. Um, the, the, the thing that amazed me was seeing all walks of life coming together for one cause. Uh, I saw a homeless guy leading the chant and it was strong and it was powerful. I mean, this dude had his shoes taped up and, and bottles of water in his pocket, you know what I'm saying? You could tell he living on the streets and he out there strong. His voice is loud and is proud. And you can tell that he has a, a spark of energy that he probably wouldn't have on the streets, you know what I'm saying? Somebody coming by and, and just looking down on him. But it makes it makes everybody feel like they have a voice again when they out there on the streets marching and they, and they you know, um, chanting for a great cause for everybody to come together and to have that unity that we need to have. Yeah, and to add to what CY said, I had a conversation about that, CY. Um, and for me, you know, I don't mind. One thing I don't mind is because there are so many black people still out at these protests, I don't mind seeing so many white people, Latino people who 
who definitely ride with us. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the beauty of it is uh, this young generation. What I at least my opinion is what what they have that we didn't is the power of social media. You know, I told somebody the other day, um, you know, hearing about slavery, reading about slavery, uh, hearing about the civil rights, reading about the civil rights, like seeing a movie. Yeah, like, you know, man, that sounds tough. Like, okay, but, but I didn't see it. I wasn't there to feel it, you know, but now video after video after video is, is reoccurring and I'm sitting here going, yo, this is, my, this is modern day what they were seeing. So now when you say, EJ say the pain, people's feeling the pain because they actually witnessing it. You know, we just couldn't, I, I didn't feel their pain as much, honestly, because I didn't witness it. I heard about the, 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 the hardship and, and, I, and I feel for them because those are our ancestors, but we didn't see it. Like now we're literally watching it go on in front of our eyes on video. They, nobody gives a fuck. They still doing it. So people are literally in pain, like EJ said, and this young generation, what I love about them, Unlike me, how we were kind of brought up to, you know, like my mama said when we went out, don't don't be too loud. Mm-hmm. Act, like, act like you got some sense. Uh, don't mm-hmm. you embarrass me. It ain't because I was bad. It was because there was a perception for black people already. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize. I didn't even realize that my mama and my daddy was actually trying to protect me when we were going out, protect their image because it was gonna be like, see, told you they can't they can't control their own damn kids. So it was a fear that we've always had to talk loud uh, in a grocery store, be too loud or whatever. But this next, this new generation, they ain't scared. They like, they like, what we scared for? We got y'all on tape. What, what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's like, and, I, and that's the beauty, actually the beautiful, the beautiful thing about this new day and age with social media and, hey, okay, we gonna, you know, and I think the exposure, you know, it's, it's really getting exposed. We, we heard stories, but it, I think that the exposure is is at a much greater magnitude now. And, and I can I can speak to you know talking about you know being African American in a clubhouse and not wanting to like really ruffle feathers. Like when mm. you don't want to come in every day and and bring in our issues, especially if you you might be the only one in there sometimes. You know what mm. I'm saying? So it's hard to like really bring up what's going on in African American community sometimes when you're in a baseball clubhouse because it may be just you in there. So it's only it's it's everybody looking at you like, what are you gonna do? Or like, you know what I'm saying? Like or, or yeah, again another one like exactly. And when 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 push comes to shove, it's like you do want to feel like part of the team. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to feel like an outcast. You don't want to feel like you know I got I gotta you know they looking at me a certain way. You want to feel like you can just walk in there and be like. Oh, they just gonna treat me like one of the guys. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. then, like something will happen here. There'll be a question there. There'll be the mu- the music you play here, or the music you don't play here. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's, it's just like so many different ways to that people trying to feel you out. They're trying to feel you out. I feel like a little more than they're trying to feel everybody else out to see like, is he cool or is he like, you know, what I'm saying a little testy. And I yeah. feel like you feel that energy when you walk in the clubhouse and you try to let them know, no, I'm cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and see, why? let me follow up with you there. You played on, you know, many different teams throughout your career, Diamondbacks, A's, Mets, Yankees, Red Sox, Angels. Is that universal to you across all teams? Do you feel that no matter basically what clubhouse you're walking into in baseball? I think so. I think so because when I think of like – 
what I would assume as far as like what would be the more uncomfortable clubhouse is what would be the more comfortable. Like I wouldn't think the Yankee clubhouse would be like the most comfortable for me, but it was though, you know, so I've learned not to like, like cast any assumptions without like just going into it and, and experiencing it for myself. It all depends on the personnel. It, it right. does depend on the leadership within the organization. It depends on like, for, like the front office and manager is important because they kind of set in the tone. And then you have your leaders within the clubhouse that's kind of letting you know how things work. You know what I'm saying? So when I went in with the Yankees, it was G, it was CC, like, and they were setting the tone, you know, and as soon as I walk in the clubhouse, he took me under his wing, like, super cool right out the gate. And that showed everybody else, like, oh, yeah, we good. But then if I go in another clubhouse and somebody else has different feelings about it, I can, I can see how that, like, travels to the other players as well. So I think it's just uh, – when you happen to be with that team, because I don't think it sticks with the team like all the time. It's just like when you happen to be there and what the, you know, what the clubhouse looked like at the time. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Imagine going to team to team though, like me. When you <laughs> when you've been half of the teams I go to, I'm one of the oldest players, so I'm going to a new team, fresh from a whole nother team, and everybody looking up to you to make make comments and, and to be this presence. But still, you trying to find that thin line between love and hate to where you like, all right, let me not be too much. But let me be enough, you know. So you still trying to fill it out. Plus, everybody looking up to you for for some words and for some guidance. So it's like, man, you got to find that, got to find that thin line real quick. And, and, and every team is a, it's a different perception. You can you can say one thing to another team, and you give that same message to another team, and they they take it a whole different way. So it's trying to find. It's like you playing dad to everybody. You got to play big brother. You got to play father. But you still got to be yourself and get the expressions out that you need to express without feeling like you're stepping on somebody's toes. Are you hurting somebody's feelings? Are you being too much? It's almost like you got to make sure, uh, like, you make them feel comfortable, too. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, and that's kind of frustrating at times. Like, I got to make you feel comfortable about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> that stuff is making me punch the air a little bit. Like, I got to go. <laughs> I gotta calm down. But I'm like, man, I got to make you feel comfortable. Cool. That's fine. But maybe... Something like, you know, maybe you need that for me to help teach you or something. I don't know. But sometimes, like, man, I don't want to make Nah, I, nah, Prince, it ain't to help. Right. Well, we, 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 <laughs> we like, like CY said, we be trying not to step on no toes sometimes. Yeah, right, well, right. like, I mean, literally, like, I, I've been, like, like EJ said, team to team is different. Right. Person to person is different. That's why I would never say every white person is racist. So every mm-hmm. cop is bad. I mean, my, both of my uncles, were military cops, you know what I'm saying? Um, so I would never just, you know, put one label right. on, on a whole group of people based off one person. But I've been in the locker room, like C said, the only brother in the locker room sitting at a table full of white dudes and a white dude got the nerve, I, I mean, and I say got the nerve up mm-hmm. to say, you know, why do all black guys like watermelon, you know? No. <laughs> no. But I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, come on guys, y'all know, like, yeah. but, but, but I mean, but, and I, and, and, and again, like, and I had to, like, I remember, like, like, kind of having to, like, take a second, like, take a second, like, go call my wife, like, <laughs> say whatever I said, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and 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 literally, like, at the end of the day, like, I didn't compromise, I didn't, I didn't compromise, like, being a good teammate for like some shit that really kind of like hurt me, like, you know, so it ain't educating for us right now it's now it's time to educate right okay but but then it was us just trying you trying to survive like you trying to survive not piss nobody off you don't want nobody Boom. you don't want to be the angry black guy 
Exactly. But I always put being a good teammate over my feelings. You know what I'm saying? A hundred percent. So like you saying, we sitting at the table, some shit like that happens. I can get fucking, I would get livid, but I would just walk off. <laughs> or like, you know what I'm saying? Or like some, sure. we talking about some shit on the bus or something happened. I remember one time uh, specifically a couple of years ago in the Yankee clubhouse, some shit came up. It was may, it may have been Trump. It may have been a um, you know a police brutality case. But somebody said something. I literally had to just get the fuck up and walk out because I was going to lose my shit. Like I was super close to losing my shit, and then that's when I was like, "We ain't talking politics in here no more." Like fuck that. Whatever y'all believe, all that shit. Leave that shit at the door. I'm gonna leave my shit at the door, and we just gonna come out here and, and talk about baseball and whatever else, but never politics anymore. I, I like I couldn't do it. Like it, it's just. Because even and, with everything you accomplished, see, if you would if you would have been to see that we know you can be, they would have been like, even if, even even if you would have had validity to what you saying, it would have been like, yep. what's wrong? What's wrong with Cece? Yep. Yeah, there you go. There you go. What's Cece's problem? Like, yeah. what's, so so in those moments, you you learn to like not be threatening. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like Cam, mm-hmm. like Cam talked about that the watermelon story, like. That's super disrespectful. But but to that same thing, like that happens all the time. And you have to make a decision on like how are you gonna take it? Am I gonna take it and like just just go off on them or are we gonna have like a learning experience from it? Mm-hmm. So I had a similar situation. I guess I probably shouldn't share the team because people start looking up stuff and they'll <laughs> be able to figure out the person it was. But I had a teammate who like, you know, was a good teammate. I'm not gonna say friend or not friend, just you know, a, a teammate. Call him actual friends. Yeah, he was an at-the-field friend, but it was, you know, during some of my latter years to where, like, I wasn't playing as much. I'm, you know, platooning and doing all that, so I had a lot of time on the bench, and he was another one of the guys who was on the bench with me. So we would, like, openly have race conversations all the time, like, intentionally, because it's like he was a dude from, like, you know, southern Mississippi – you know what I'm saying? Don't start going look up stuff, people. But he was a dude from, <laughs> like, southern Mississippi. You know what I'm saying? I'm from Houston. So it's like we we grew up around a lot of those tensions. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we felt like this is an opportunity to where we can actually help each other grow and learn. So we would go through just different scenarios all the time to kind of see how he felt about certain situations. So throughout the season, like, we had a lot of good conversations. And he was like, man, you know why I feel like we're good friends? I'm like, why is that? He's like, because you're like 40% black and like 60% white. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, huh. I'm like, All right. I'm like, I like my mom and daddy black, but like, you know, but I'm going to let you talk. Like, go ahead and like, let's talk about this. Where are you going with it? Right. He was like, so, you know, you like, you like, you like dress really well, you know, but, but you like hip hop music. You know what I'm saying? And like, but you're like super educated, but like, you know, you could be a little flashy at times, mm. you know what I'm saying? And then like, you know, you're a pretty happy going, happy go lucky going guy. And you don't really like get like angry too fast. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, you don't know there's nothing weird about that. He's like, what you mean? He's like, I'm just telling you like, you know, I'm like, so you don't understand that you just assigned all the positive traits as white traits and you assigned all the negative traits as black trace. I'm like, bro, like, it's a lot of smart black people out there, man. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's a lot of, like, dumb white people. It's a lot of, like, you can't be assigning stigmas to people anymore. You know what I'm saying? You can't even say, like, Asians are smart or 
Jewish people are tight. You can't say that stuff no more, dog, because it's super judgmental and it's and it's just not right. You know what I'm saying? But the fact, but I said, but but don't feel bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause you have to learn, and and I've actually gotten that from the black community as well from time to time. You know what I'm saying? And and that that brings up the like this is something that's that's ingrained in society. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like people are taught this, dog. People are taught mm-hmm. that like black people act a certain way. Like mm-hmm. the way we're portrayed, the stuff you see on TV, like you know, the 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 black shows that are successful right now, it's kind of still the same shit. Mm-hmm. It's still the same like role. You know, yeah. Yeah, like you have the loud, yeah. the loud black people, you know what I'm saying? That people watch or you have the you know the the old lady that's crazy and like or the, the Cosby the white family. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like it's still like that. So that shit is just like so deeply ingrained in society. Mm-hmm. Like I understand why he feels like that because that's all he's ever known. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like it was through conversations like that to where he actually like came to me like, "Hey man, I realized how much of a dumbass I sounded like when mm-hmm. I said those things to you." You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And like, if, and if he couldn't have that conversation with me he would probably be different right now than he, you know, than he would have been. So yeah. it's like, I feel like you just, you have to have these awkward conversations. Cause like even this yeah. conversation we having right now, we know it's going to go out there at some point. And we know it's going to be a lot of people who can pick apart every little thing. And like, none of us know the answers. None of us know everything. We don't know all the facts. And it's like, I'm sure we're going to say some shit right now that somebody can go and dig up and be like, well, that was stupid. Like mm-hmm. Prince shared that. And like, there's actually no facts that support his statement, but it's like, but we're having the conversation. And and for people to be able to go back and forth, that's the only way that any of us are going to be able to grow. You know and what I'm saying? Pe- and people need to realize it's all opinion based, man. Yeah. Like there is there is what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. But a lot of this is just it's your opinion and it's my opinion. And I can't like you said, see why can we educate each other on, on getting to a, a common right ground? You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and it's, right. It's opinions and our experiences. You know what I'm saying? Like I grew up in California. I grew up in the Bay. Like it's so diverse and so mixed. I never, I never really experienced racism until I was a grown man. Like till I was grown, till I got to be a baseball player. Like I didn't understand what how some people was looking at me and shit in the minor leagues. Like I didn't even like that never even crossed my mind because growing up in the Bay, everybody like we were just a melting pot. Like everybody's up there. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's not. It's just it's our it's our experiences too, like dealing with the police and you know see why you said you we have to make ourselves non-threatening and I feel like that's basically what I'm teaching my 16 year old right now. Like I'm teaching little C how to be like non-threatening. Like when you drive in, you get pulled over, put your hands up, be super respectful, blah blah blah. Like that's a stupid fucking conversation to have to have with my son. Not like. <laughs> like learning how to fucking turn like yeah. you know how to actually fucking drive yeah like i'm teaching him how to be fucking non-threatening like exactly. i almost want him to cut his dreads like he mm. starts driving in the fall he's gonna be by himself i'm Shit. not gonna be with him trent, trent just grew his hair out right he just yeah. he, got, he got these little plaits and i and i literally said to him four days ago i said you know he was feeling himself too got his little plaits hey i said <laughs> just so you know Automatically, now that you have those plats, somebody gonna look at you, and and because you're 12 and he looks 14, mm-hmm. somebody gonna call you a thug and mm-hmm. don't even know you because you got your hair braided. Mm-hmm. So when I had, bro, I literally had had, I had my dreadlocks, y'all. Everybody know that, right? <laughs> and you know, see, the only team I would have cut my dreadlocks for is probably to play with for the Yankees because yeah. it's always been ingrained in that organization. 
So I'm, I get it. It ain't never changed. It ain't never wavered. Cool. I, and no problem with it. But I had to cut my dreads. And everybody knows what I try to do in the community like we all do. You know, mm-hmm. I, I got my, my main mission and Boys and Girl Club, EJ, you know how it is. Yeah. We always out in the community. Called me in the office seven days in a row. Boom, 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 boom. Hey, your hair a little bit long. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking like Whoopi Goldberg. I'm rolling it up higher and higher, trying to have a little. <laughs> I got it. So finally, I just said, you know what, I, I'm, just, I'm done. I'm cutting it. But, this, you know, but the same, these same people want you to go out and, you know, talk to these young black kids, and, you know, and get them into baseball. But here I am saying you they don't even you they don't even want you to really be yourself. Nah. So it's like here I am with these two kids in right field with dreadlocks it just so happened like a week after I cut my dress and they like what 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 happened to your hair? And I and I got to be like uh it, it's hot out. It's it's hot it's hot out in the summertime, you know like mm. but I can't really say like hey I know you love this game but there's a chance like you might be judged just by what, the way y'all look, yeah. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And you, might, even though you a baller, like I had to tell my son, like you said, and it's, it's a stupid fucking conversation to even it's sad, bro. have to Man. think about having. Oh, my thing, like one, what CeCe was saying, like, you know, I grew up, you know what I mean? I grew up like little C, you know, my dad played or whatever. So, you know, I remember a couple of times, you know, taking cold baths when he was in Venezuela. But after that, he started hitting and we, you know, he made a little money, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so no, like, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I know a little both, but it's like, you know, even though, like, like let me say, little C, like, what what gets me, like, when I was a kid, you know, all you know, my white friends in school, like, you know, I, they say something like, "Yo, man, you know, you, you know, I'm black, right?" Like, I'm oh, not really, you know, because I have money, or because, I, oh, so I'm not black because my dad's, you know, successful, or what? What makes me? What do I have to be to be black for you? So mm. that's the, what I mean by that is like, we still, regardless how we grow up, regardless, like I said, like, like little C, like my dad was just like, you know, he had money as well, but it's like. That don't matter. We still have to have the talk. We mm-hmm. still got to make sure when the cops, you know what I mean? We still, I don't think, like, what, that's what frustrates. Like, ah, you don't really know what they're talking about. Like, no, dude, I still got to feel, when I'm driving in my car, they don't, they, it just doesn't say I play baseball on it. It doesn't yeah. say, like, I'm safe on it. Like, they don't know, they're, they're uncomfortable as soon as they come to the car. And then, like, just for instance, like, I moved into my house, man. It's like, uh, I'm walking in my drawers to my bedroom, and the, the cops at the door, with his gun out, like, hey, I'm like, yo, what are you doing? So I didn't know what I was here. I'm like, that's how you check? <laughs> with your gun out? And then, and then my wife, you know, Chanel's wife, my wife's wife, she right there, he, she's just fine. Like, what you think I'm about, to, I'm about to, what if I'm coming in here to, you know, take care of business with my girl? Why, you gonna shoot me? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, it's like, oh, sorry about that. Can we have a tour of the house? I'm like, man, get out. Yeah. <laughs> get like, you know, it's just stuff I'm like, bro, like, so when people say that, like, oh, you know, you're in a nice neighborhood, it's like, you know, that's not the point, man. Like, y'all don't, that, that, that's frustrating to me. And, and that's why I had Little C and all my kids at that rally yesterday yeah. is because until we all have the same, until we all are free and we all got the same thing, none of us are. Right. Until there's no uh, police brutality against any African-American, Little C, Carter, none of our fucking kids are safe. None. You know what I'm saying? So, it's up to us to, to educate our kids, have them out there, have them protest and have them, you know, take take ownership and take give them black, give them black history. What they're yeah. not going to get in, what they're not going to get in school. The fact that we do something, the crazy thing is they're going to make our kids more of a target. It's like yeah. it's a pri- it's yeah. like it's a prize. It's like it's a game prize. Like, oh, I got so and so son. I got so and so son. It's like, bro, the, the, the higher status you are or what they feel is a higher status is just good living. 
you know, good old living, where they, exactly they call it, yeah. <laughs> you know, for the living for us is a privilege to be able to live like this. It's like, bro, everybody the same, but when your kids go be even a more target. And it's sad that you got to have that conversation of how to drive while black to a young kid. But, but you but you have to have that conversation. It's like, as for CC, he, he has to have that conversation with his sons. It's because it's like, we know better. Like, we yeah. know better just through experience. And we know if something is ever to happen to, to any of us or to anybody, people, the first question people are going to ask is like, well, what did they do? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What were they wearing? Oh, mm. what did he look like? So, you know, like with the- uh, What's his the, record? The what's, his, what's his history? Yeah. Yeah. The Arbery the Arbery case, you know what I'm saying? The guy said, no, I didn't see him do nothing, but I could just tell instinctually that he was a criminal. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So that's why you think about the haircut. That's why you think about yeah. how you present yourself to the world because you're trying not to be a threat and you're trying to give it like no reason to think that I'm a threat. So, so I don't, so when something happens, you don't have the different news outlets saying, well, let's not forget he was jogging, wearing, wearing clothes that aren't normal for jogging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It don't make sense. He was wearing khaki, so he couldn't have just been jogging. Like, so like now before I leave the house, you got to think about all these different scenarios. And I'm like, all right, make sure I smile. Make sure I, you know what I'm saying? No, don't make too much eye contact. Don't turn around and like look back and like, you just start thinking about too much stuff to where you drive yourself crazy. Yeah. And, and Can't even live life. Like it's, it's, it's crazy to have like these conversations with, with little C and, and you know, like I, I probably had a, had a gun pulled in my face like four times in my whole life. You know what I'm saying? And I feel, I feel like I made it. Like, I mean, I'm 39 years old. I haven't, you know, no real police brutality. Nothing's happened. I never had a record. None of that stuff. But I feel scared for him. Like he's got to like like navigate those waters, like getting pulled over, different things like that. And like I said, I probably like the four times I've I've literally had a gun put on pulled pulled on me. Three of the times it was by the police. Man, like like we said, uh, like all thing, cops G-G. not bad. Like you know they're all good cops, and I'm not here to say like you said earlier, Cam, fuck twelve and all that shit, whatever. But I'm just telling you the facts of growing up as a black man. The three out of the four times I've ever had a gun pulled on me was was from the cops. Me too. Wait, whereas I get pulled over, bro, and I got a license to carry and all that, I still That's don't even. Dangerous. Think I got a gun. Yeah. I still don't even. You almost. I'm, I'm, you riding with the wife? She's like, you gonna tell him? I'm like, hell no. Why well, I'm gonna tell him? If yeah. I tell him, he gonna get more nervous. I just yeah. ain't gonna reach for it. I just have to go get my license, bro. And the, the couple times I have told the cops I got a pistol. They instantly drawn down, boom, and I'm like, bro, if I'm a, if I'm gonna shoot you, I ain't gonna tell you. I, I got I got pulled over. I got pulled over in Detroit one night, bro, leaving after like playing a, a rain. It rained. This is no joke. It rained. We might have been playing like the Yankees, bro. It was in like yeah. This 15. was the night we started at twelve o'clock. See, you remember this, right? Yeah. And we had to turn right back the next day and play a day game, right? Yeah. So after the game, boom, I, I'm getting out of there. Okay. Probably was was speeding, and this is like right in the midst of like I think some other innocent black yeah. young black people getting ki- getting killed by cops. I get the I get blue lighted, and I'm on the highway, and I as and I just I call my wife, and I keep riding. I'm about two exits away from the Birmingham exit, so I keep riding, keep I pass about three exits, keep riding, keep riding, but like not speeding, but riding with my flashers on, mind you, I got my flashers on. I'm trying to get to light. I'm trying to get to a parking lot. I'm trying to get to, to for real. Yeah, like I'm yeah, not, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to get to where like, and it's, mind you, it's 
late. Like you said, it's two in the morning, my three in the morning. I'm trying to get to where I can go. So finally I pull over. When I do pull over, when I say I had my license, I because I know, mind you, I done went another two miles before I pulled over. When I pulled over, I literally rolled the window down. Hand, I mean, leaned as far as I can lean my arm, ID, registration, like out the window, like no joke. Like <laughs> until they came and like grabbed it, kept them out. Sir, we put, I said, sir, with all the, the, the police killings that have, I literally said with all the police killings that have been going on, I just wanted to get to a lighted area to make sure I was set. Literally told them, told them I played for the Tigers. We had a super late game. Like I was just trying to get home to get some rest because it's a quick turnaround. End up letting me go. Ended up letting me go. Hey, just slow down. And you know, if they light you, try to make sure you stop. Uh, and I'm still there in my head like, hell no, I ain't stopping. No, I'm, I'm stopping at Walmart parking lot. Like, oh. like y'all gonna have to call three of them to follow me there. Like I ain't gonna run from y'all, but I'm, I'm gonna go in my head. I gotta go to where somebody can see something if it's not. You know, and, and that's like, and it's just like those things you think about every time you walk out the door. But you also understood the privilege of the the value that you bring to the table of being a professional athlete. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? You knew that, hey, I let them know that, like, I'm cool because, hey, I play for the Tigers. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of people don't have that. Mm. You know, it's interesting, Cameron, you and I had uh, we had messaged a little bit before this and, and, you know, you guys have all illustrated stories of something you talked about, how, you know, a lot of times people think, oh, because you're famous, because you're an athlete, you, you are immune to these kind of stories. Well, obviously, that's not the case. We all know that. And you all have demonstrated stories as such. And the other thing you brought up, Cameron, was um, the idea of growing up black. And you even put that in quotes, right? And you said, mm-hmm. and what that means. And and you talked about what your parents would tell you before you leave the house, right? And 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 those stories and experiences. You all grew up in very different places, um, but all have obviously uh, different experiences. So, Cece, I'm wondering for you, like when you hear that phrase and what that meant, and you know the story Cam just told, what comes to mind to, to you as far as, you know, what that meant for you growing up? For me, I mean, it was... Like when I first think about it, I just think it was beautiful. Like being, you know, growing up in in the eighties and nineties, being a black kid. I mean, it was, you know, I grew up in the hood. I mean, I didn't think I, you know, I was poor. I mean, I grew up just like everybody else. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But just just thinking about this conversation, growing up black, you know, going through the conversations I had with my grandfathers and you know my dad and even my mom, I was just always trying to be non threatening. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know what I'm saying? Like it was just always just trying to avoid the police or any kind of interaction with anybody that can get you in trouble, whether that was your teachers, the principal, whatever, like you just always was taught to act accordingly, which, you know, that, that ain't necessarily how the best way to raise your kid. Like you kind of like, you know, shutting their voice off. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was just always like just going back to this conversation, just thinking about just, just being non-threatening man and, and not wanting to get in trouble whether it was at school, in the street, whatever, you know, it was always, you know, trying to respect my parents and, and their last name and, and, and not try to make kind of a mockery of it, if that makes sense. How about you, Edwin? I mean, you you had uh, also international experience, you know, as a, as a child, um, you know, living your first, I believe, eight years in Germany. Um, but how about your experience, you know, growing up in the different places that you did? Man, uh, like C, uh, obviously being a military brat is a melting pot. Um, 
all I knew was black, white, Latin. I mean, I didn't even, I couldn't even break down the different ethnics of uh, Latin, you know, from Puerto Rican to Mexican to Venezuelan, you know, so I just saw brown, black, white. And um, to experience racism for the first time, it, it was kind of weird, it was different. It was something different that I hadn't experienced, so I had to kind of sit back and take a step back and just kind of realize what was going on because as far as we knew, everybody was the same. You either knew good people or bad people. You never knew why they were good. It, was, it wasn't It was because of a race. It was either, okay, they don't like me or they do like me. Mm-hmm. But to sit back and think it was, oh, okay, because of a color or not because of a color, was it was something different, especially being a Southern boy uh, from, from the South where all my cousins and everybody really experienced racism. And I really didn't have to deal with it until I came back from Germany um, and, and kind of went to the South for a little bit. And then you kind of see how you're being treated. It, it was definitely a culture shock you know, to come back to like, damn, this is how we get treated, huh? I can't do this because I'm black. If, if I look at, if I walk into the store, they looking at me crazy because I'm black. And and being from a culture where everybody is the same, where we all treat each other the same, uh, it was different. And now I feel like with our kids being baseball kids, they've had the luxury of kind of being in that same atmosphere. When they go to the clubhouses, they see in white kids, they see a couple black kids, but to have your kid come back and be like, I want blonde hair or why is my skin not the same as everybody else? It's tough talks that we have to have with them to learn to embrace their color, like to to know that black is strong, be proud of being black. You don't have to be this color because all your friends in this class or that class are not the same. And that's kind of where we at right now with our kids. Um, When my wife and I grown up in such diversity, her being a military brat and being in the Air Force as well, is trying to put our kids in the same situation where they have the luxury of um, experiencing everything, all walks of life, and amidst what we have going on and trying to explain to them why white and black, sometimes people are gonna judge you just because of your color, regardless before you even open your mouth. You can be the smartest person in the world and a person may hate you because you're not the same color as them and trying to explain to them, that's just how some people are brought up. You know, it starts from the parenting. It starts from the house. To add to that, like me and Edwin had this conversation over the we FaceTime yesterday and just, you know, during the conversation, he randomly, you know, said that he had to, you know, to describe to Lala what was going on and everything. And so I think about, like, I'm at a crossroads when it comes to that, because granted, you know, I have a four-year-old daughter and I have a one-year-old daughter. So when I get to that point to where I have to talk about race, it's like a question for y'all, actual like question, like, how do you talk to your kids about racism to to let them know that they may be treated a certain way in certain situations. Like if you, if you tell them that you don't want to put in their minds that they should feel like they're beneath anybody. Mm -hmm. But if, but if you don't say nothing, Mm. you don't want to get caught off guard. Like, how do you, do you, do you decide to tell them and, and then they're prepared for it? Or do you not say anything and you kind of see if it happens. And then if it happens, then you kind of explain to them what could have happened. I took the approach of, I would, I would, I would, I explained a lot to my older two. And then the younger two, I didn't. And we went on a trip to South Africa a couple years ago and we experienced some racism. And Saya, my youngest daughter, picked it up right away. And she was like, why didn't people acting like that? Why are they looking at us like that? And blah, 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 blah. So on that trip, you know, I started talking to the younger two about, you know, some people are not going to like you because of the color of your skin and the way you look. And they had no idea. 
You know what I'm saying? Like they mm-hmm. was just going at the time. I think they were maybe nine and seven or, you know, maybe eight and six. And they had no idea. Like they were just living their life going through just like, you know, any other kid. And, you know, we went on that trip and, you know, that's when we started having the talks. And now Carter, my nine year old is super conscious of everything. Like that kid, he's going, I mean, I honestly think he's going to be a politician. Like mm-hmm. he is just all engulfed in, in, you know, human rights and everything being right for people. And this is not right for that person. And, you know, so um, it, it just depends, you know, whether you want to educate them. Like I said, I told my, my older two when they were younger and the younger two I didn't. And then not until we went on that trip that they really get the experience and realize what that actually is. My oldest, uh, you know, my oldest, when he was really young, I think like five or six. So he's the, he was like, he was looking at me one day, right? He was like, why don't I look like you? Like he was upset. Like he's like, I, why don't I look like you? Like, dude, you look just like me. He's like, nah. I don't look like you, right? Because, you know, he's lighter than me. He was like frustrated. So that's why, you know, I always grow up my hair out, you know, when he was young. So when I grew my hair, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, you look like me, dad. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, you know, good. (laughs) (laughs) So with him, so when he was a baby, right? So we were, I was in minor leagues, right? So that's where most of my experiences came from, playing in the minor leagues in the Southern League. So, you know, there's a, um, there's a KKK, well, there was a rally going outside with KKK or whatever. So my wife, She's from the country, but she, you know, she didn't see that kind of country, if you know what I mean. So she's outside, like, oh, they're filming a movie. I'm like, so I go, so I'm about to go to the field. I'm like, they're not. I was like, man, if you don't get my black baby in this house, it's not a movie. <laughs> I was like, oh, what do you mean? I'm like, that is a rally across the street, man. Get this black baby in the house. I got to go to the field. Now I'm tripping, like, oh, my, you know. So then from then on, that's why, I mean, from an early age, we, we taught, you know, we just kept it real. Like my wife is, she keeps it real. Like even when people look, yeah. if you walk outside without me and someone takes you, they're going to, you know, I don't know what they're going to do to you. So even with that, like it's with racism, like getting kidnapped, she don't, she don't play. Like, look, this will happen or this could happen. So we got to be careful. You know what I mean? So we just kept it as real as we could without, I mean, just as real as possible, you know, mm. that's what we did. Yeah, I think I, I think this. I think the sooner we, not the sooner. I think the time, like you said, I think the time kind of presents itself, mm-hmm. especially when you got older siblings in the house. You right. know what I'm saying? Uh, it usually presents itself a little bit sooner to the younger sibling, but I think just like you said, see why the in kind of the question too. Like, I think it's you know in them facing it, like not demeaning the person who they're going to get faced by. You know, face face with it by, you know, not being like, I'm better than you or, or you're better than me, but just letting them know their value though. Yeah. Like, like EJ said, letting them know the, the, the power and the ability that we do have. So if somebody does come to them with that bullshit, they can be like, whatever, like, right. you know what I'm saying? They ain't even questioning yeah. it. They, they know the value. And, and then maybe they can't educate that person on why we are equal. You know, because did you jump into your jeans this morning? Did you put your shoes on before your pants? Like, you know what I'm saying? Literally, did you eat cereal right. or, or some of the same shit that I eat every morning? You know, like, um, you know, a white, friend, a, a white friend of mine said it. I think what we got, just kind of jumping off, uh, my, my trainer this morning said it. He was like, and he's like really passionate. Like, Asheville's a very hippie and people, you know, elite, everybody love everybody for the most part. You know? Certain areas. <laughs> we still in the backwoods. <laughs> but he said, man, I'm starting to realize that, you know, and he said, and he said this to me, he said, a lot of white people think it's equal opportunity. He said, 
it's not. He said, and I know you know this. I'm like, I'm looking at him like, duh, no yeah. shit. No. <laughs> and he's like, uh, it, it's equal. He said, what people get confused is, e- what is, is, is equal value, e- equal values and equal opportunity. And I, when I say equal values, me and you, Ryan, can both think that all people are treated equal and you should treat people like you want to be treated. Uh, so they think that means we have equal opportunity. Mm-hmm. Because we share the same value. No, we share. We can share the same moral values. I'm gonna provide for my family. I'm gonna be a good husband. Uh, you know, I'm gonna try to be, you know, a follower of Christ or whatever. And that's just values. We can share. That is equal. Mm-hmm. But but the opportunity is not equal. And and, and this was coming from him. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah. damn. Because like, I think people get that shit confused. Like they think equal equal values. Like you do have the same opportunity. No, we just believe we kind of believe the same shit, yeah. but the opportunity ain't the same. Yeah. If that was the case, you wouldn't have a race on an application for a job. It wouldn't matter what color you are. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You wouldn't exactly. have black or white or other on a, on a, a job yeah. application. Exactly. Yeah. Great point. You know what's crazy is that it breaks my heart that I feel like my kids are going to have to deal with this at some point. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it sucks. Like that. I'm out. I'm out in Brooklyn yesterday, marching and and and, and rallying for the same shit my grandparents marched for. 50 crazy. fucking years ago. Crazy. Like, it's it's crazy that we still going through this shit. Like, it sucks, bro. Like, it's terrible. it really is like fucking heartaching that we are sitting here still talking about the same fucking issues that they were dealing with in the 60s, bro. Like, it's, it, it don't make no sense, man. It's crazy. And for anybody that's listening to this that don't want change or gonna go on any of our posts and say yeah. all lives matter or gonna try to pick <laughs> this, this podcast <laughs> apart, like... That shit is, is bullshit. Like, yeah. You're a part of the fucking problem. And Period. black people ain't never said, and black people have never said, only black lives matter. No, we never said that, never guys. Said that. We never said that. No. But everybody wants to make it, you know, or what about black on black crime in, in, the, in the hood? Let me tell you about black on black crime in the hood. From what I know, motherfuckers, the, the person that get murdered, he's dead, His everybody, that, that family's, all fucked up, and the person that that killed him, he's going to jail, and that family's sad, and everybody's fucked up. So we, when we in the hood see that, and you say black on black crime, it destroys two families. And they think we don't care. And they think we don't care about the black on black crime. That's the problem. They think we just like we don't care about yeah. the black on black crime. We care. You know, we so watch the police kill people and they go home. Cause I had a black dude come on my page yesterday, my post, and I'm very like. I'm very considerate still about what I, again, I, I, what I post, what I mm-hmm. say, because like see what I said, it's always somebody. And I try to literally post something from the heart and it was geared towards my kids, having to look at my kids in the morning and really, I worry about them, dude, if, when they're not in my sight. And you know, the dude comment, comment was like, something along pretty much us killing each other. And I wanted to comment back, but, and I wanted to say like, black, black people, we know, we know what's going on in our community, but, but the problem is when we can't even rely on the people who we pay to protect us. Yeah. We, know, we know what's going on in our community and we, and we still trying to address that. It, like, it ain't like we try, we're not trying to address those issues as well. Right. Why people are protesting, people are in the street coming together. Cause eventually if we realize how much power it is in unity, we will, we will stop killing each other. White kills white and Spanish kills, like that's- And no, exactly. That blows me, that's not what we talk, but that's not exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, that's not know? it. So no. I guess the next the next question is gonna be, what, and, and like everybody's saying is, what's the solution? You know, mm-hmm. what is the solution? What do, what do we go from here? You know what I mean? And, and, and that's, and that, I mean, but, but that's my question too, because it's like, 
even, you know, with the experience that I had from going and protesting and, and like you see the protests going on and you're fighting for change and you're, you're fighting for policy changes, you're fighting for like, I think all those things actually like create change. But when I say they create change, it's like things can be passed. You can fight for your, like you can fight and you get more opportunities. You can get in certain positions. You can get better jobs. Like those things you can fight for and actually get. But even after that though, just cause you get the better position doesn't mean that they see you any different. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just because, you know, right. You know, let's say, you know, in 20 years, you have 20 CEOs of Fortune 500 companies instead of one. Let's say that's the case. Like the people under him are still have that inherent feeling towards them. You know what I'm saying? I talk to my family who, who have good jobs, who, you know, are bosses or whatever, but they still say when they, when they talk to people beneath them, for some reason they feel like the people beneath them are still talking down to them. Mm, to them. So it's not the position. Yes, we need to fight for the positions and have more opportunities and all that stuff. But it's, until you fight the, like the core of why people see you different, like you're going to continue to have the same issue. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all are all extremely successful and people, res people will respect you. You can get the respect, but it's like you want to just be seen the same. You know what I'm saying? You want to like, and I'd be like, oh man, like, that's like, you want to see, see like a normal person, not like a, he's doing good for go, black go people. Ahead, go, ahead like, go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say it. See, how, many, <laughs> how, many, how many times I can't, hey, you know, I'm, hey, well, see what, well, see what I'm saying? We all, everybody on this, this, this call right now, you know, on this podcast has, have, has heard. You're you, you're very well spoken for, man. Oh I'm my like, gosh! Yeah, yeah. Cameron, I I still hear announcers doing it during games today. I mean, right? I mean, right? I mean, Ryan, am I wrong? I mean, literally, right? Like, literally, like he's so he's so articulate. Like, am I not supposed to be? Give us the what are those like trigger phrases that you guys hear and you say this person he doesn't even like he has no idea he's just like. How, how incredibly inherently racist this comment is that he just sort of like benignly threw out. What are those I, phrases I, I, that come to mind? I had a mind? dude tell me when I had my dreadlocks. I had a teammate tell me when I had my dreadlocks. I'm talking about just coming in with my – and EJ, look, EJ, one of my favorite uh, friends because he hyped me up about my, my swag. He always, <laughs> you know, he always tell me I, whatever how I clean. Yes. I wear, you know, whatever. But, but my man looked at me and said – he said, he said, Cam, he said – and I'm one, and I literally, and I, this is what I want. He goes, and I, and I'm quoting somebody. He says, "Man, you just, you so fucking gangster." I said, "Me?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Damn, like for real." He's like, "Man, you just, you got the, you know, you got the dreads, and man, you just so gangster." That was the only thing. You got the dreads, and you just so gangster. I'm like. I know some gangsters, bro. Like, yeah. I know some real gangsters. <laughs> and like, damn, like me? Like, I'm, but again, like, just shit like that, you know? Like, what the fuck? And, and that's just opposite of like a, a backhanded compliment. You know what I mean? Like, opposite mm -hmm. of. I think the biggest one is they, they say, he's so well spoken. He's so mm -hmm. well dressed. He's so well behaved. It's like, how the fuck am I supposed to act? Am I supposed to act a fool? Like, I can't talk right. I can't, I can't have a, 
a good vocabulary just because I'm black? Like, am I supposed to speak in slang? I can, I can differentiate the two. I can talk, I can speak well-spoken when I'm spoken, I mean, when I'm supposed to, and I can talk slang when I'm supposed to. You gotta be able to flip the switch off and on. That's the definition of a real professional. I mean, I'm sure everybody you hear on TV don't talk the same when they off TV. Right. It's like it's like so you can't be well spoken. Like it's a it's a it's a privilege to be well spoken and be black. Like it can't just come naturally. Like oh, you have to learn that. Like the same way you learn how to speak well, I learned the same shit. It ain't like I have to do nothing <laughs> Exactly. See, are there any phrases you think of when you hear and you just like you roll your eyes or no? Nah, it's, like, it's it's always the well spoken. But you always, yeah. I mean, you hear that on broadcast today. You I know. know. What I mean, like, oh my god, he reads so many books. Like he's like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. Man? Yeah. Like, what are you talking about, huh? Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't nothing you... to do on the road. I don't want to play the game all day. I don't want to play PlayStation all day. I'm going to pick up, like... You, you know, this This kind of takes us to maybe another actionable uh, point. Because, you know, I, I guarantee you, there are going to be people who are listening to this, just heard that section, and think back and say, wow, I've said that before, mm. and I had no idea. Like, you know, I mean, and and they probably, you know, some of them may, but some of them may not. You know, some of them may have been like, wow, I didn't realize that is awful. Like, that's a terrible implication, right? And that's certainly not where they want to go. There's also, you know, for people who want to be allies, right? And, and I'm not just talking about convenient listeners or, you know, simply trying to feel good about themselves, but who actually want to be allies. You know, when it comes to talking with, working with, reaching out to black people, what are some actionables you guys would say, hey, like, this is something you should do. This is something you can do. This is something we need to be doing. Have, have those awkward conversations. Yeah. You know I'm what I'm saying? Have those awkward conversations. Ask questions. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, open your circles up. You know what I'm saying? Open your mind up. When you see some stuff, like, no, if, 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 and it goes both ways. You know what I'm saying? If, mm-hmm. I, if you see somebody doing something out of line, if you don't know that person, yeah, maybe you, I'm not saying you have to be that person to go and charge them up and right. say, that's wrong. Don't do right. that. But right. do it within your inner circles, though. Right. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Right. Do, it with your, do it with the people that you're comfortable with. That's where you start. Like, if, if you somewhere and, you know what I'm saying, your sister, your brother, your friend say something that you think is like, man, like, that shit ain't like riding no more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, Check them. Make people uncomfortable to be outwardly racist. Black and yeah. white. Black and white. Check them. Both ways. All this is them. not yeah. like. Yeah. This is not like. I don't want this podcast to like five black dudes attacking white America. Right. Like it's not. That's not what this like, is. Yeah. We exactly. take the same accountability, and we have to do the same things. I got to do it with my friends as well. I do it with my friends. Mm-hmm. Currently, if they say some shit that's out, I'm like, come on, dog. Like. You're out of pocket. Every, every, everything ain't a race thing. That's that's not a race thing. If something's a race thing, I'm gonna talk about it as a race thing. If it's not a race thing, it's like, no, you just being fucking lazy. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That that black dude just lazy. Shit, he just yeah. don't wanna do shit. Or that or that that or that Spanish dude just lazy. Or that like he just lazy. It ain't it ain't all Spanish, all Asian, right. like it ain't oh Asian people can't drive. Really? Cause one of them got in the rent. But Jay, like literally, like you said earlier, like you can't, like that shit is like that shit. Got to we got to move past that. You know what I mean? How do y'all like, deal with like I need I need help because I I don't have a I have a I I my temper is you know I have a good temper, but it's tough, man. I, I, it's hard for me to because it's I, I just can't talk to people for like a couple of days or long time than that. But like whenever I hear something, if I had the conversation and then they follow back with some or. You know, I had a real, like, I'm trying not to say their name, but um, 
how, how do you, when you talk to somebody and you think you're reaching them and then it's like, damn, did you hear what we were talking about? How do you deal, mm. how do you deal with that letdown? Like I get, man, it's just like, God damn it. it ain't gonna, yeah. You gotta realize that that shit ain't gonna happen overnight, bro. Like, it ain't gonna happen it overnight. Ain't, like some, yeah, go ahead, see. And if you close enough to them, then that's you just I mean. keep fucking telling them. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Exactly. If exactly. you close enough to them and that's like your real friend, then you keep telling them. All you right. keep drilling it into them like like a fucking child. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Okay. But if it's yeah. somebody that you don't fuck with that's on the periphery of your circle on the yeah. outside, fuck them. Fuck them. Okay. You oh, know, yeah. like if they never gonna understand it, it ain't your point to right. make them understand. Okay. You you make the people understand that you closest to. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and then they can branch out to their circle. Exactly. Or whatever, but and it's not the up world to you to, to go reach everybody. Exactly. Right. Because right. what, yeah. what you hope, because what, what you hope again, or at least what I hope to happens is that all of that, uh, you know, all of the racism, all of the profiling. Hopefully, those people start to get. And this is my thing too. If that's what you believe, fine. But like, right. but 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 be proud of how you feel. Don't hide it. Like, be proud of how you feel, and what. And hopefully, what will happen is those people will, will start to get singled out. We can start to see who they so are. We can go the other way. Yeah. So, and, and then once they realize, man, like it ain't me, it ain't that many of us anymore. And ho- hopefully, either they gonna change or again, it's just not gonna be that many of them anymore. You don't like me, tell me. Exactly. One of my white friends kind of asked me the same thing, Prince. He's like, Cam, like, what can I do? Like, what do you need from me? Like, you know, I, I'm, I feel y'all. I'm around with y'all, and I said, and I literally. This is, I went to preschool, the only white kid that went to my preschool. He goes, he, he's like, uh, like, what can we, what can I do, bro? Uh, he's like, um, I said, you know what you can do, bro? I said, I appreciate you calling me. I know you love me. Um, I said, well, what you can do for me is call, if you have any uh, friends, if you got a great uncle, a great auntie that feels some type of way about black people, Latin people, uh, gay people, you should reach out to them and tell them how you telling me how you feel. That's all. Mm-hmm. Don't re- I, we appreciate it? I thank you for calling yeah. me, but call call that because this what about, this is my just sometimes when I think that I keep hearing what since it's been going on the tough conversations, the tough conversations. Well, we had this conversation all the time outside of Zoom, outside of mm-hmm. podcasts, outside of YouTube, outside of Instagram. So I keep hearing tough conversations. But I'm, my question is, is it is the conversation tough to come to us or is it tough to? Support us, knowing that you knowing knowing that you know somebody that's not gonna ride with you for supporting what's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, a, it's such a tough conversation. No, it ain't. That's like, the that's right, the tough call, conversation. And Ryan, if you yeah. if you call me Ryan right now and say, yeah. "Cam, bro, I feel you, man. You know, I love you. You my brother. I don't care about how we skin." I ain't gonna say, "Man, man, fuck you, Ryan. You call me to support me." <laughs> like, <laughs> nah, like I appreciate it, but yeah. what I, but what I need you to do is if you got somebody in your family or friend that you've heard say some out of pocket shit. Like you need to say, man, I talked to my, I talked to one of my buddies. I talked to Ken, I talked to CC, yeah. man. And I love that guy. He's got a great heart, his family, the people that I know. Like, I think you wrong for saying the things that you said two weeks ago or thinking what you think. As your friend, I think you wrong. Yeah. That's, that's where the change is actually gonna start. Yeah. Not from, yes, we, and that's when we say we need help. That's the help we need. We that's do need y'all. Help. We do need y'all on the front lines, walking with, but we also need y'all Calling that family member that man, it's a tough conversation. Is it because you don't want your because you don't want your uncle that you like and you know he say the, the n word all the time to, to mm. see this and he mm-hmm. on and he on Facebook, you know you like talk to him, tell him you wrong, huh? That's you know, a tough conversation. We can sit here and have conversations all day, like you said. We talk all the time mm-hmm. about this shit. Mm-hmm. I talk to each and every one of y'all separately about this all the time. So. It's not us having the tough conversations. It's for everybody else to have those tough, tough conversations. You're right, Cam. That's, 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 yeah. 
I think that for me, and I don't know if you guys have had this experience as well so far in the aftermath um, of the murder of George Floyd, but that part has been one of the more encouraging parts to me. How many people I wouldn't have expected to reach out and say, hey, like, what should I read? What should I listen to? Like, I, I don't feel like I have a good enough grasp of this. I want to learn and I want to educate myself. And, and you know, like what you said, see about yesterday, seeing all these young people out there, you know, rallying, like that's the part of me that hopes like, you know, if you said you're doing the same shit, you know, your grandparents had to do 50 years ago. That's the part of me that hopes that it means in 50 years, it won't, it won't be the same when I see people actually genuinely wanting to educate themselves because they realize something is very wrong and needs to change. And, and that has been interesting to me. And I don't know if you guys have had this experience, but seeing people who genuinely want to educate themselves that feel like they have not have, have not gotten the right basis of knowledge they need uh, to fully grasp the experience of, of being black in America. And, and we're continuing to educate ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, yeah. it's not, their, it's not just their responsibility. Like we have to be part of the solution as well. And I need to be the better. I mean, I don't, you know, claim to know anything about anything, but mm -hmm. You do know how you feel and you know how these situations make you feel and you know it's not right. Mm -hmm. And with that being said, you know it needs to be changed. You just none of us know how to do it, but you got to be willing and open to to pretty much any option that's on the table right now. Right. And that's what, I think that's what people are doing right now. People just doing trial and error right now and seeing what's sick. I think the biggest thing is the people who who learning to be comfortable with being uncomfortable because it's mm -hmm. a real uncomfortable it's situation with a lot of people. Yeah, it and is. we got we got to throw ourselves out and be vulnerable to being uncomfortable, to, but to learn. And I think with all that, we're gonna grow. It's gonna help everybody grow. And like, see what I said, like, and black, and I mean, and like, and I really, I'm being serious. Like, black people, we we like, we can't be mad at all white people. Yeah. Like, or else, or else, the shit ain't gonna, ain't gonna mean nothing. Cops. Or, or, or all or cops. Or all cops. Like, it's not. Yeah. Or, or it's gonna mean nothing. Like, it's literally yeah. gonna be us just. Having this another conversation, twenty or our kids having this conversation, fifty years. It's like we that like the change just goes. It, it goes hand in hand. We talking about equality. The chain has has to be equal. Like you know what I'm saying. Like just like you said, see, like it can't just be. They y'all got to do this, and, we, and then it'll be good. Like, but but I, my little cousins is is going to the the police academy um in in August or July, and and. I'm scared for him, but I'm excited because, you know, we need more cops like him, like more people that can police our communities and understand, you know, how to talk to somebody and, and understand how to talk to us. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited that he's going to be a cop, but I'm scared to death because of the climate right now. But, you know, it's, it's necessary what he's doing. So, uh, but you, you said some beautiful stuff out there, man, like mm -hmm. with all the bad stuff that you are seeing, man. And like I said, what I made my, I made my little, my little post after I literally watched uh, George Floyd's daughter mm -hmm. still not know how he died. So I saw the mothers, you know, still don't know. He said he just couldn't breathe. Mm. That, and, and, but the little girl sitting there on Steven Jackson's shoulder saying, my daddy changed the world. Changed the world. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And it's like, I, I just keep thinking about that. Like, just the the chain that like like nobody deserves that feeling black white spanish yeah. like no race you know deserves that feeling and and we got to remember that like that's what right and wrong is yeah. you know mm -hmm. what i mean like mm -hmm. and we and we never feel it if it ain't oh that ah oh, man that's sad it didn't happen to my homeboy you know it didn't happen that's sad like and we can't get tired like i think what happens is too like 
everything is in an uproar. Like, and I ain't gonna lie, like, because y'all my homies, like, but I woke up this morning, I was like, I'm tired. Like, yeah. and, and you get tired of like mm-hmm. talking yeah. about it. And you get like, not only was I tired, I was like, man, like, damn, like, it's gonna be, it's gonna, little do we know this, it's gonna reach somebody. It's gonna, this is gonna help somebody. It's gonna mm-hmm. be some backlash. It's gonna be some, some shit talking, but it's gonna help, I think, more people than it hurts. But I was tired, bro, this morning. I was like, damn, like, and, and that's what happens is like, we can't get tired of like calling their ass out when they're mm-hmm. wrong. And you get tired and it dies down and we forget. And then it's like, no, we gotta, like this time, hopefully like we can't, the shit can't die out, it can't fizzle out. It's gotta, white but, people, black, to, the togetherness can't fizzle off. But you're right though, it's exhausting. Like me and CY talked about that. Like, it, like you start reading different cases and different shit that's going on. Like you, you go down that rabbit hole. Like I mean, Whew. you'll be depressed forever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like seriously. Yeah. So like, I mean, but but you're right, Cam. Like even you know the abuse we take on Instagram and all that shit. Like the posts have to be made, and like our voices can't be muted. Like it right. is what it is. I mean, uh, like fuck it. I mean, yeah, it's, you know it. what's right is right, and what's wrong is wrong. So it is what it is. Hell, I, hell. Like like my daddy, I used to, little league. I. I go four for five. My daddy talking about that fifth out. Shit, it's always gonna be some. <laughs> always. Damn, bro, I got four hits. Always. <laughs> always. I had a girl tell me, because uh, she, she said all lives matter. And I'm like, all lives matter, but that's not what this is about right now. That's not what this movement is about. And she responded back. I, I said that to her. She responded back to me that I need to go do my research and not just be a follower of all black matters. I'm like, girl, I ain't do I don't need to do research. I live it. Like yeah. I live this shit. Like I live it. We don't have to have the same worries if we get pulled over. Like you can't tell me go do research. I live this shit. This is life every day for me and my kids. And everybody got a phone, EJ. Everybody got yeah. a phone. Just like we videotaping this shit. That's just what I'm saying. Like here's I don't know if it's on the top, but it, my thing is I'm like, did everybody watch that video? Because yeah. if you watch that video and you have something else to say, that's not. <laughs> What you you got something wrong with you? If you can watch that video and say something else besides what's right right now, I don't understand. And and I'm sure and I'm sure I get backlash for this. Well, my well, my point was my point saying it is to add to what you're saying about people not seeing the matter at hand. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure people gonna get backlash. What I'm saying is when people are like all lives matter. When we're saying Black Lives Matter is I have and I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. But I I ain't seen. 20 plus videos, I heard 20 plus stories with 10 plus videos of white, innocent white people handcuffed, restrained, unarmed, sitting in their apartment, sleep. Like, y'all got cameras too. Like, y'all go, because if I was white and if I was that, like, all, if I was like, all lives matter, I'd be like, I'd be walking around, okay, look, see, it happens to us too. See, see, right. see, right. see, right. see, you know what I'm saying? My point is, I feel like it would be surfing a lot more if like, but, but, it, but the videos that I keep seeing, they like us. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, it's like, if it happened to y'all, like post the videos so we can be like, damn, y'all, my, our, you know what, our bad. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you have you guys seen like there's a great I mean, there's so many impactful, you know, pictures, memes, whatever going around. But there's a great one with young girl holding the sign that says we said black lives matter. Never said only black lives matter. We know all lives matter. We just need your help with black lives matter. The black lives are in danger. You know that for anybody who doesn't understand the delineation, hopefully she this young girl is able to illustrate for you what's what's different about these two things and why it is black lives matter yeah and i think people get like the black lives matter like when we hashtag that 
it's like it's like an organization. No, it's like literally Black Lives Matter. It's not like, you know, like so you can everybody's got something against some organization and they didn't do this and they don't do that and blah, blah, blah. I'm not hashtagging the organization Black Lives Matter. I'm hashtagging me. Actual fucking black lives. <laughs> the, the fact that we, yeah, the fact that we have to be like, hey, like, just don't kill us. Right. The fact that we have to protest, like, <laughs> just arrest us. Don't, mm. don't kill us for doing it wrong. Just we, you know, justice has to be served either right. way. If we gonna go to that, you, you trying to open up a whole can of worms to talking about about like how we serve justice in this country, mm. and you're gonna have to start going to a whole bunch of other people who did really bad things and be like, hey, they just get what they deserve. You just start putting them up at City Hall and just everybody can just kind of do whatever they want. But like, you don't want that. You can't, you can't run a country like that to where you start to have to say like, oh, well, he was a bad person. He kind of deserved it. Or black people are only fighting for, you know, people that don't really deserve it. It's like, no, we're fighting for everybody. It's full police reform that needs to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is not police. I don't think our police are bad. But police are civilians. They are people. They need to be more prepared. They need to handle situations better, like throughout the entire country. It's a lack of training and a lack of being able to know when they use the gun, know when there's real threat. I mean, and they're doing stuff when they're not even threatened. They're just like pushing this power on people. And they obviously feel like they can get away with it because all these cases ain't nobody in jail. Yeah. And it's like, if I just pull out 30 cases out of a bag, like somebody got to be wrong. I pull out 30 random cases that all have something in common and wasn't nobody wrong. Nobody arrested. Like nobody. And on video, and on video where you can see oh, it, man, watch it. Most of them on video. Like, how can you defend that and say, this is not hey, but, a thing? But we can't be surprised if that shit is like replay. Yeah. <laughs> CC, I've been, I been beside CC. Man, I'm <laughs> CC's like, man, I'm done with this replay. <laughs> it's right there. It's right there. That's some real you, shit. Shit is right like, there. It's, always, it's like replay. Like, well, 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 you know, and what they tell you about replay is if you got 12, what they tell you, if you got 12 cameras and, they, and 11 of them show one thing, but that one, I've like got to leave it alone. That one? Ah. <laughs> got to leave it alone. Like, Not. what? Like, 12 views was the same. Like, which, made, which made this case that special, that, like, that much more special. It's like, as a police force, normally with, with a lot of the cases, there is some silver lining. There is this blur line of, like, interpretation of, hey, where well, we were fighting, I, I did feel threatened. Like, he say, she say, da, 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 da. This was the first case in a while, but it was like just cut and dry. Like just mm-hmm. everybody can see it. So and we can use this to actually show the people that we're with them. This guy is dead wrong, no matter what. It doesn't matter what happened before that tape started. It doesn't matter if he slapped him in the mouth. He, it doesn't matter what he did. Nothing deserved that. Mm-hmm. And this was an opportunity that they could have taken advantage of right out the gate and said, hey, we can come together, go out there not send a signal of riot gear and pepper spray and, and gases. And we can go out there like, hey, we're not at war. This was wrong. We're going to take care of that asshole. Yep. Yeah. And people would have responded differently. And if, you got, and, and, if you got, and if you got any common sense, if you got, I mean, literally, if you have any common sense and, and, if, and have been to a protest or seen a protest, people don't be... People ain't at the finish line like one, two, three, we gonna just run it. Like people come walking peacefully, high, chanting, doing what they do. It ain't never like 
with the swords, like like an old battle movie where you just run into the other. It, it, it's never like that. It always begins peacefully. Mm-hmm. And when it turns violent is usually when, like see what I said, like you start shooting flash grenades, you start shooting rubber bullets at people. Like, let's be, but but again, the narrative is also controlled by the media and you know, they're gonna make it look like, like make it look like what it looks like. But the the a lot of the violence, it a lot of protests, most of all of them start peacefully. Like, let's be honest. Like it starts peacefully and then something goes awry. Nah, for sure. I mean, even with the with the protest I was at yesterday. It was peaceful, but you could tell when the sun go down, like it's a whole different, it's a whole different beast out there, cuz. And it, and it can't be the same people that I was walking with, cuz yesterday I was out there from 12 to 6. It was hot as hell. Everybody that I was with was going home. Like when I, when I and when we got back to that, like, and I, and I saw on TV, it was still people out there. So them is like new people, come, you know what I'm saying? Like it's a whole fresh new line of people coming out ready to do some shit at nighttime that the people during the day mm-hmm. ain't trying to do. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? That's like a it's, great, it's, that's it's a great two separate, too. it's two separate groups of people. Cause mm-hmm. it, once it that really curfew is. Hit, once that curfew hit, it's all hell breaking loose. Yeah. yeah, yeah like they was out there chanting, uh, fuck that curfew. I was like, shit, <laughs> <laughs> not me and my kids. We gonna be in this motherfucking right. house. <laughs> with time, with time to spare. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, and they, that's yeah. how they feel. That's how they yeah. feel. This get a little late right now. Let me get the fuck on home, man. <laughs> that's, that's exactly how I feel. I mean, I was up there front line with them boys, like literally front line, looking right at the police and the dudes, like, we going back here all night. And I'm looking, I'm like, man, it's, it's, it's 30 minutes to seven, to, to seven right now. Cur- I mean, 30 minutes to eight, curfew at eight. Y'all talking about y'all being here all night. And, and it, like you say, it's, is groups of people. With we got to We got to figure out how to do it a better way, man. You know, Scott, so, Scott still been straight. I mean, well, Phoenix been straight. Scott still been acting a fool. But I heard the dude in Phoenix say, "This the only state that hasn't had a violent protest downtown. Like downtown, they looted in Scottsdale. But as far as the actual protest part, he said this is the only state that hasn't had any. And, and you got to give props to the police to that on that too, because a lot of that comes from how they re- how they react to the yeah. protest. So yeah. you got to give so you got to give them props on how they handle yeah. it, man. Police like, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, I've seen some literally. I've seen some amazing cases of police. You know, we all seen it. I mean, I'm putting my baton down, ride gear down, and we walking with y'all because what happened wasn't right. Like it's out there, and that, that's like. It's beautiful, so it is happening. You know what I'm saying? So again, like shout out to those cops who had the awareness to be like, you know what, man? Like, let's keep this shit peaceful. Like, let's let's walk with these people and let let them know we sympathize. You know, if that was my brother, white, black, whatever the right. cop is, if that was my brother or my or my son or what, I would I would be just as hurt. So we walking with y'all. Mm-hmm. You know, and like for me, the change also comes from, and I don't know if I talked to y'all about it. It also comes from like. Just like it is speaking up against your own, man. Accountability. You know, I watch TikTok, I watch Instagram, and cops on there and they dancing and they doing videos and they, well, I need you to make a video when, when like, I need you all, like, I need you all to make that video just as fast when something like this happens, you know? And, and there have been, yeah. you know, I, I saw a white cop, hey, if you were racist, if you had, you know, hate in your heart, then go home because you're making it hard for the good cops, you know, to, you know, to, to go out here and enjoy the communities that we want to protect. You know, white cops have said that, but we need we need more of them doing that than the damn make it. I went on TikTok today just because I'm seeing so much stuff and it's like, I, 
I don't see no, I don't see no more dancing videos. <laughs> like, you know, like I get y'all trying to be cool, but it's it, it's a different way y'all can be cool. That, right. It ain't, it ain't yeah. if y'all, you know, if y'all want to be cool, you know, like. So yeah, that, if, it's a, if, the, if the cops start to speak out against their own, man, it would make a big difference, man. Because I know, I, I mean, obviously we we play ball, we understand the fraternity that comes with that and the rules within a fraternity. At the same time, their job is different, man. You got people yeah. dying, dude. You got yeah. people dying, dog. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? At what point, it's like, okay, my job is to protect and serve, but people are dying. So at what at what point is it like, I know I'm in this fraternity and I got to like, have my brother's back, but what he's doing is about to kill somebody. At what point does that second part supersede the first to where it's like, hey man, first priority needs to be protect and serve, second needs to be the fraternity. You're a cop, dude. Yeah. That's what Chris you signed Ray, up for. Chris Rock, Chris Rock said it best when he's the talking about- The bad apples. The bad apples. It literally was the, it was funny, but it was real, you know? Like Delta tell you, I mean, American American tell you most of our pies are good, but the other ones might fly you into a mountain. I'm calling Delta, cuz like, yeah. <laughs> like C said, it's got to be protect and serve first, man. This is about to be a lesson for that though, because if any of those cops out there felt a certain type of way and they didn't say nothing, they about to pay for it now. If especially any of them, if them if any, especially if them other three. That's what anything. I'm saying. That's what yep. I'm saying. They about to feel it now, bro, because it. it, it out of those four, maybe one of them did have something inside of them that said they wanted to change it, but they didn't do it. And the fact that they did that, and now they about to go to jail for something that they let allow somebody else to do, they gonna feel how it feels to, and, to be in yeah. that situation. And we That's all real. and we and we all grew up with our parent parents telling us that story. If you go to the the store and you and you're in the car and they rob it, your ass going to jail you're going too. To jail yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> I think how if your ass goes to the bank and they robbing and you in the car, you're going to jail too. That's another stupid ass conversation you gotta have when you're growing up black. Like if your friends rob a store, don't go with them because you're going to jail. That's a stupid fucking conversation. But 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 it's but you gotta tell your kids. You have to. Like like I stress to my son, like I I keep trusting, I ain't telling you, and this is on some this is so white people hope they like this. This is on some black, black, white, green. I ain't telling who your friends are, but but you got a couple that they look they a little edgy, black and white <laughs> that might get you into some shit. So you might need to you, you need to be careful what you do with them, where mm-hmm. you do it with. I ain't saying you can't hang out with them, but they need to hang out over here at this house. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I need like to yeah, see y'all. you know I need to see y'all exactly. <laughs> it's like it's a conversation you gotta have though. Like mm-hmm. you have to. Well, you guys have, I mean, this has been amazing and, uh, and you've given so much time. I think, you know, we should just wrap it with one more time through just anything that, you know, you just want to say either a finishing thought or something you didn't get to say that you want to, um, you know, we'll end with CC, uh, Edwin, why don't we start with you? Anything, you know, just to kind of summarize or, uh, or that you didn't get to say that you want to. I just, I just want to harp on, uh, like Kim said, the importance of keeping it going. While we have this, we have the foot on the pedal, how important it is just to keep it going. Even when you're tired, the next person step in. This is when, this is when that unity come in to where one person is tired, the next person stepping in. When the other person is tired, the next person is coming in behind them and picking them up. Uh, it, it's, it's vital that we keep it going right now while we have the attention of the world and, and other countries coming in as well. We have to just keep that, keep that foot on the pedal. How about you, CY? I mean, just to just to build off of what Edwin just said, it's like right now everybody got a real 
bad. Like people are going to remember 2020 for a lot of things, you know what I'm saying? But this could be something that we actually turn into something good. You know what I'm saying? Like everything has an opportunity to, 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 you know, to, to turn around for us. And with 2020, we could use this as the, Hey, I remember 2020, that was the moment that like everything changed and everybody, you can actually see everybody starting to come together instead of just talking about coming together. You know, they actually started to have those conversations and, and people started stepping up, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, just to continue to push and continue to, you know, remember, you know, while we're doing it. How about you, Prince? Uh, same thing, man. And also, you know, uh, you know, I, you know, I don't know if anybody else needs it, but like, you know, whenever, just talk to each other too, man. Cause I'll, I'll text C, I'll, cause you know, Cam, it, like whenever I, cause there's a point where you, you know, when it gets, it gets tough sometimes, you know what I mean? Cause y'all ain't around me, you know? So it's like, man, I ain't got nobody. You know what I mean? I need to talk to somebody cause I'm feeling, I'm feeling lonely. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even though my wife is with it, my, but it's like, man, but I need to talk to somebody. And I think that's the key, man. I've been, you know, just being able to talk to each other. I think that that just helps me a lot. Sometimes I'm like, am I crazy? Or I just need someone to talk to me for a minute. Cam? Nah, I, I, I agree. I, I, I like what everybody said. Yeah, definitely too. What Prince said, man. Um, we can't, it, it, you know, it's like going to a funeral. You know, you see your family, you're all together, and you always, what you, what you always say, you know, we, got, we, we, can't wait, we can't keep waiting to people die to, to, to come together. Yeah. You know, we, can't, we yeah. can't keep waiting for tragedy to come together. So just like Prince said, like, I think we need to make it a point. Um, I'm guilty of it. I know how I am with the phone and, and make it a point to go out, to step out of our comfort zone and have conversations if we won't change. Because I can tell you, you know, I, I've been guilty of, putting the conversation on the back burner because I just don't want to talk. But mm. those, are, those are the moments that I think that's when we see grow is when we start doing it when we tired, man. Like I said earlier, we, through, through the, exhaust, the exhaustion, the pain, the sadness, like CY said, we, gotta, we have to believe that something is good is going to come out of it. And use your voice, my bad, and use your voice. Like I said, mm, I, yeah. I, was, I, I ain't going to lie. Like, it, it took a lot. It didn't take a lot. I said, yeah, immediately because I was tired of being – afraid to say something because I might not get hired or mm. I'm, or you know and at the end of the day I'm like hey if it's from the heart you know and you genuinely want to see the human race improve and do better then I'm like you know the hell with it I'm, 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 I'm gonna speak from the heart so I think and, and, like yeah. using your voice too I think like I was scared I was kind of nervous to ask you and, and EJAC to do this you know what I'm saying because yeah. y'all are active players right now but but it just like for me, I'm like, nah, I gotta have these two on here. Like, I know they're gonna speak the real and old enough now where, you know, you can kind of say whatever you want. You know what I'm saying? I was a little nervous too, but I said the hell with it, bro. Now it's time. <laughs> it's time it's time to be comfortable being uncomfortable, bro. Like, well, you I know what? Nice, I, and I know EJ, you like me, bro. And when she asked me, it was it was one of those things where it literally was like, if I say no this time, and I say this time, if I say no this time. That shit going that that shit is going weigh on my heart, bro. Like that, like so I like you know what I mean. I'm like yo, like and, and it's weighed and things have weighed on my heart before. Like we spoke about earlier before we even things have weighed on my heart before because I kept it inside. You know, yeah. like Prince, I didn't talk to nobody about it. I didn't, and that shit anxiety Man. Uh, is a is a horrible thing, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure we all have experienced it, and a lot of times because we just don't want to just talk about it, man. Like. Society, we we create our own anxiety a lot of times just by being afraid of making somebody uncomfortable, upset, sad, whatever it may be. So we got to get past that, you know. 
and and that's that's how I got here too. Same way. Like C text me. I'm looking <laughs> at my phone actually right now. Text me actually if I wanted to do the podcast because we had just gotten off the phone talking about it. And I was comfortable talking about it on the phone. You know what I'm saying? Because it's me and him. I kind of say what I want to say. Right when he get out the phone, he's like, you want to do the podcast to continue this conversation? And I'm like, when you think about it, it's like, damn, like we're going to like talk, talk about it. <laughs> and then I'm like, I said, yeah, right out the gate. Cause it's like, I'm tired of like, just turning stuff down. You know what I'm saying? And then I asked him like, are you sure you want me to be the one doing it? Cause I don't, you know, I don't know everything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I do know how I feel. He didn't even fucking respond to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he like, he went ahead and just took that out the way and say, no, nah, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let him sit and kind of think about it a little bit. Right. which was the best thing for me because it let me think about it. It's like, nah, man, no matter whatever comes from this, like, I need to, like, I need to let people know how I feel. Mm. And because it's important because if, if everybody does nothing, like, you never go anywhere. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So this is the beginning and this is somewhere to start. And, like, I hope somebody can take something from what we just put ourselves out here. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And it's risky to do that from time to time, but we were willing to do that on a public stage. So if we could do it on a public stage, maybe people will be more willing to do it, you know, within their own private lives. Right. Yeah. And and I appreciate everybody, all y'all coming on here, because if you if all of y'all would have said no to doing this, I wouldn't have did a podcast this week. You know what I'm saying? Going back to, you know, us meeting each other and being like, I was like, man, I want to do a podcast and talk about all this, but I need CY. And I was like, man, but I need Prince. And like, I need Cam. I need each, like, like I needed y'all to be able to come on here and have the courage to speak my mind too. You know what I'm saying? And, bounce stuff off of y'all and the experiences that I know that we all went through stuff that we talk about off the podcast, off the zoom, you know what I'm saying? So I appreciate and love every, every, every last one of y'all for, for yeah. doing this and coming yeah. on and, you know, um, you know, love y'all families. And, and like I said, man, let's just keep the dialogue going, make people feel uncomfortable, you know, the people in your circle. Um, but we need to keep this going and, and hopefully some real change could come from it. Maybe some, you know, policing of the police. You know what I'm saying? We we need some universal laws where, you know, all police across, you know, all 50 states, you know, deal with the same thing. Body cams, you know, certain, you know, standards they got to uphold. And if not, then they get fired. So hopefully all of this can come, you know, to be some reform that can come and, and uh, you know, we can get some, some peace for our kids in the future. You know what I'm saying? That's it bro, right yeah, there. That's what it's about. That's what we got to think about the future, man. Hey, man. Thank you, guys. This was wonderful. Thank you, guys. No, appreciate it. Much love. Thank you. Thank you. Love y'all, boys, man. All right. For sure.